Hey, sister, welcome back to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. For our listeners who have graduated within the past few years or few months, congrats to our 2021 grads. We know that it can be so exciting and liberating to head off into the real world, to start your first job, to maybe move somewhere new, establish new relationships, while at the same time, All of those things can also be so intimidating. The structure and the familiarity and the access to resources that you had in college and your sorority seem to be gone all of a sudden. I know for me, I really struggled in the few years immediately after graduating about what does my support system look like? Who do I go to to ask some of these questions that maybe I used to go to a department on campus or my sorority for? We are so excited to introduce to you the hosts of the Honey and Heart podcast, Jacqueline Braden and Taylor Mount today, who developed this platform to explore the intersection of womanhood and leadership in your 20s. This episode is extra special for me because both of these rock star women were actually sisters of mine at Arizona State in Sigma Kappa. I am very excited for you to meet them today and learn from them and hopefully head on over and check out the amazing work that they're doing over on The Honey and Heart. Here is my conversation with Jacqueline and Taylor. Hey sister, Cassie Little here to welcome you to Your Sorority Journey, a podcast for sisters to find guidance and confidence in any season of their membership. Our rock star guests and I have intentional conversations, discuss unpopular topics, and provide relevant encouragement to be an extension of your sisterhood. So thanks for inviting us on your journey. Are you ready to dive in? Welcome to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I am so excited to really connect all of our worlds um, on this platform. Thanks so much for joining me. Happy to be here. Hello. (laughs) What have your two weeks been up to? Like, what have you been up to this past week? This past week, I, hi, Jacqueline. Um, I am officially like becoming a resident back in Arizona. I've been away for a long time. I went to the DMV yesterday or the day before, and that felt like a really big undertaking. Um, So kind of coming back to being present in the space where I'm at and going from there. Tay, what about you? Yeah, we just had the holiday weekend, right? And I always feel, um, I really like my routine. So anytime it's interrupted, I just feel like so out of whack. Even with an extra day? (laughs) I do. Yeah. Well, and the family in town. Yeah. And then I get so off on the dates, you know, it's so it's oh, like, totally. I'm like, I can't believe today is already Thursday, but, um, Jacqueline and I were like talking yesterday too, how now that we're like in the sixth month of the year feeling like we need to reset and kind of like mm. check in on our goals and stuff. So I feel like I'm taking the time to just like ground myself and not worry about being productive for like a week or two. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, that's so good. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, as much as I loved like an extra day, I was thinking back and someone asked me what I did last weekend. I was like, oh, Sunday morning. Oh wait, I guess that was Monday morning. Like I did that Monday morning because I didn't work. Obviously I work for myself, so it's a little bit different, but I was like, I took the day off and I'm very intentional or like mindful of reflection and things of that nature. And so coming up on like almost the halfway point of the year, Taylor, I like totally relate. It's 
definitely the time to get clear about where we're going in what we're focusing on. As um, our guests already know, we have two guests on the podcast today, Jacqueline and Taylor, hosts of the Honey and Heart podcast. This is super special for me because I had the special honor of meeting them through my sorority experience. So all of us were members of Sigma Kappa at Arizona State University. So thank you guys so much for like colliding worlds. I think this is so special for me. Now we are all hosting podcasts, all doing things post-grad. And so I'm really excited to take it back and hear a couple years later from your all's perspective, what your sorority journey meant to you and where it's taken you now. So Jacqueline, do you want to like kick us off talking about your sorority journey? Maybe like some favorite memories or relationships that you gained from Sigma Kappa? Most definitely. So I was a later joinee. I joined my sorority my junior year. I was a transfer to the university. So any like transfers out there or people who are joining as junior seniors, it's a little bit of a different experience, but I definitely went in knowing full well that I wanted to join a sorority. Um, I wanted to have that college experience. I went to community college. I lived at home. And when I got to ASU, I was like, we are doing it. Um, some of the highlights are truly like the women that I met and it sounds a little cliche to say that, but when I kind of look around at the people I'm interacting with the most, the text messages of the people that I'm sending text messages to the most, it's all women who were brought to me, um, through Sigma Kappa or through my sorority experience. I was on exec for a year. I lived in our sorority housing. Um, so those are probably some of the highlights is the conferences, meeting people, planning, really diving headfirst into philanthropy. 10 out of 10 would recommend. Jacqueline, I forget back sometimes that we were on exec together. We were. That first year. You joined in 2014, right? Yes. Yeah. So we joined the same year mm-hmm. um, and we're on exec together oh. that year. Um, okay. I think we probably went through recruitment together, which I don't know that I clocked, but yeah, totally. I didn't even think about it beforehand, but we had those like neon orange beach yes. midday shirts. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember some of those meetings where you were like, just like dreaming for phila- all things philanthropy, uh, Sigma strikeout. Oh boy. Those were the days. I remember that so clearly. Um, Taylor, what about you? What do you like remember or cherish from your sorority journey? Um, yeah, kind of the same. I so I joined my sophomore year, but um, I believe that was the year before you guys. And um, I think one of the highlights was just getting my littles <laughs> for the first time. It was so exciting. Um, and I was also a row gamma, um, so. I don't know what would be a term that is that what they're called everywhere. Cassie? Recruitment, Recruitment counselors. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They and... are like various names, but yeah, okay. <laughs> Arizona state uses Rogama. I know some chapters on the East coast use Pie Kai. It's a variety of things. Yeah. And I loved being on that end and helping women find their homes in sorority. It was so fun, even though you had to disaffiliate for a semester, it felt like, Um, but it was just so cool. And to hear um, all the stories of how other chapters at outer school were doing recruitment, um, it was so interesting. So 
Yeah. And so Taylor, tell us who your littles were that you, that really made a big impact on your sorority journey. Um, well, shout out to Sarah Nelson. She, (laughs) (laughs) um, we, you know, we're not like in touch, uh, regularly, but, um, just loving her from afar now as what happens with a lot of relationships after college. Um, and my second best friend or one of my best friends I got (laughs) from Sigma Kappa anyways, and your other. Yeah. Um, my other is Miss Jacqueline Braden on the call with the, or on On the the call. (laughs) (laughs) Your co-host of the podcast though, which I feel like is such a sweet transition into talking about your podcast and this platform that you've created and the purpose behind it. So whoever wants to kick us off with talking us about like the heart for lack of a better word, um, as is on Jacqueline's shirt, um, and on a lot of the branding I see you all put out, where did like the motivation or like thought for the podcast begin? And how did you guys think to bring one another alongside you in accomplishing what you have set out to do with the honey and heart podcast? Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start Jay. Okay. It started Uh, with you. So you can start. (laughs) It did. Um, I kind of got this idea um, because, so number one, in college, I feel like, especially when you're in a sorority, there's so many resources at your hand, so many people in different types of fields that you can talk to and network with and connect with and like really learn about, you know, leadership and just womanhood in general and how to navigate that. And after college, like going from being so supported by that, and then also in my own major, I was in um, a male dominated field. I studied construction management in college. Um, So there was just a lot of, they really um, emphasized um, connecting women in that field just to have, you know, a support group. So after I left um, both of those things after college, um, it was just hard to like find a place and find a place that I connected to. Like there's a lot of different organizations that are professional. um, And I just felt like none of them were like my people (laughs) or like a little outdated too. Like I wasn't relating to the messaging. Like I didn't feel like they were for me. And that's one thing I feel like is so important as women entering our career fields is to feel supported by peers and to know like, we're not like living in a bubble, especially if you enter a male dominated field where there's not a lot of other women to compare your experiences with. Um, so I just kind of meditated on that for a while. And the idea just, it felt like it came to me um, to have this podcast. And I like knew right away that I couldn't do it alone. And that the best person to ask was going to be Jacqueline. And, um, I like put together a PowerPoint and I like texted her. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I texted her and I was like, okay, I have a business idea. I promise it's not like Herbalife or something. We're not talking anything. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I'm not going to ask you to buy a bunch of energy drinks to sell, but (laughs) so, um, uh, I had her like I think it was like a Saturday morning or something we scheduled and... a meeting yeah <laughs> on the calendar oh my gosh yeah. I was so nervous um but I showed it to her and she was like Taylor I love this <laughs> and I was shocked 
Okay, Jacqueline, tell me from your perspective, when that like Google Calendar invite was created, like what was it like hearing her talk through this vision she had and your role that you were going to play in it? It was like very surreal. I think not to tie in too much to our big little relationship. I would say in most of our life, the big little dynamic does not come up, but Taylor and I like are kind of obsessed with each other as friends. Like we're just very close. And so I feel like when she said, I have an idea and you are like the piece of the puzzle that I need, I, one was flattered, but two, I like believed her. I was like, if she thinks I can bring something to the table, then it's Mm. up to me to really bring something good to the table. So, um, I was all into it. I love talking. Um, I'm a very like bubbly and extroverted person. I always feel like I have something to say. And so the idea of doing a podcast and doing it from like this lens of us being like now mid 20 somethings, um, navigating the world, like so much changes from the time you're 18 to 21. And then the time you're 21 to 25. So totally, we really wanted to create a space that we felt like we were looking for at the time I was working in a male dominated field as well. I was working in um, software and technology. I did that for about two years traveling. And that was the thing too, is Taylor and I both traveled for work right after um, college. And I know you traveled for, you know, worker opportunity, Cassie. Yeah. The same thing. You want to go where you feel like you could grow. And sometimes it's hard to find your roots there. And so we thought, what if we could have roots that went with us wherever we went? And that was Honey Heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's so good because I think specifically as sorority women, we are conditioned to work collaboratively with other people. And in the context of college, that's pretty easy to work around because you're typically in a walking or like a five minute drive from that community, those people that are your roots, right? If that is across the street to the dorms or literally in the same house as you or in a house off campus, it's all pretty centrally located where those, that sense of like roots or groundedness or support is. I mean, Taylor, are you talking about all of those resources that are available to you? It's almost overwhelming. You don't even know what to take advantage of because there's Mm -hmm. so much there. And so to go from like an overwhelming network of people and resources and support to maybe you're in a state you've never been in before. That was my case when I was traveling for my national organization. I was in a different state every week that I didn't even know another person in, nevertheless was able to even grow roots. What do you find roots? (laughs) Create roots. Uh, And so I think that's so important as specifically that age group that you identified, Jacqueline, 21 to 25. It's okay, how do we create our own roots not dependent on one place, one city, one group of people, or the convenience that's all often associated with that. But how do we, I'm even thinking like be a little bit more intentional to create that regardless of where we go and also be that for other people, regardless of where they are. Absolutely. And that's something we've talked about a lot too, is Sometimes when you're in a position where you're surrounded by like like-minded people, whether that be like college or maybe you're in a similar post-grad situation to a lot of people, um, you take advantage of a lot of those opportunities to connect and reach out and meet other people. And it's not until you are in a place where you're like, shoot, I don't know anybody. 
uh, I could text, I would love to go out to dinner, but I don't know if I want to go by myself kind of thing. And in my mind, it's like, well, I would love for a person who is in that situation, just like, you know, like me, like Taylor, like you, Cassie, to put on the Honey and Heart podcast and go like explore the world in whatever way works for them. Okay. I want to know what is honey and heart to you? Like, what do those words mean? How did you, they come to be the title of your podcast and platform? Um, I think they, like I said, I feel like this idea just kind of came to me. Um, but like, the yeah. And like, the more I think about it too, like, okay, who doesn't love an alliteration? And like, it was easy to brand to be like really cute. Right. But um, also I feel like anything that like Jacqueline and I talk about, like we, we sat down to like when we started Honey and Heart, we didn't just like start recording right away. We like made a whole, like basically a vision board for Honey and Heart of what our wow. values are and what we want to embody when we're like setting this up and everything that we have in mind. And um, we chose like four value words behind that. Um, their community, fun. Boldness. Yes. Being bold in life. Community, yeah. fun. Authenticity. Boldness and authenticity. Uh, yeah. And um, I feel like Honey and Heart just like visually embodies those four values. Um, and it, you know, anything that we want to do in life, we want to do it kindly and just, you know, committed with, you know, empathy, basically, and uh, leading with our hearts. Mm. Honey and heart really started, like the word that we really like meditated on, how many times will we use that word today? (laughs) Um, At first was like leadership, but leadership has a really like stuffy, kind of brand behind it. Like a lot of leadership Instagram accounts are like hustle harder. And that really Mm. wasn't what we were going for. And so it was like, what type of leaders would we want to be? We would want leaders who like lead with heart and like a little bit of honey. So Mm. strength, truth, and also just like kindness and keeping that in mind with our values. It felt like something that really we aligned with now, but that could also grow with us. So it is funny, Honey and Heart has officially existed, I think, for like seven or eight months. And I feel like Honey and Heart has evolved, even just like how we define it has evolved over that time too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's a really sweet alignment that you all have to your brand to allow it grace and space to evolve. I could not agree more with the like, I don't know, self-righteous presence Mm -hmm. of leadership on a lot of platforms, especially in the collegiate space or in the young professional space, when really we should be empowering every person who Mm -hmm. interacts with your platform, who comes through our sorority experience to be a leader just in how they live their life, grounded in their values. They don't have to have a title. They don't have to be on track to be on a director level position at their company to be a leader and just showing up for what matters to them. And I love your promotion of that in the work that you all are doing. Talk to us about like some other topics that are really important to you or things that you cover um, to really promote that like sweet boldness and like living with heart, which is also Sigma Kappa's motto right now. I don't know if you all know that, um, but that's pretty cool. (laughs) I think it's funny how much, um, some of our stuff really ties in um 
to the values of Sigma Kappa, um, even like personal growth being mm. a major one. It, that's one that um, has definitely carried on with us um, even beyond our college journey. Um, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's really not anything we even did intentionally. Like we weren't even thinking like, oh no, let's make sure to stray away from like certain Greek life or certain Sigma Kappa values. Let's do our own thing. But sure. it really, it really was just like, we aligned with the values that like our organization had too. And I mean, I guess like that's how it should be. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh, absolutely. <laughs> that alignment that you all found. I mean, right before we started mm-hmm. recording, Jacqueline, you were sharing how Taylor really like brought you in or helped you see how Sigma Kappa could be a good fit for you um, from your like pre-existing relationship. I think that's so important that it comes naturally that you continue to align with those values years after graduation. It means it wasn't forced then, it's not forced now. Mm-hmm. We change and evolve as people, but ideally our values and the core of who we are is consistent. And so it's super sweet to see that in real life, but we were talking about, um, other things things you cover. Yeah. And are just like things that are just priorities for you all to support that age group, that really transitional Mm -hmm. season of life with. Yeah. Um, I think there's, uh, we have quite the range. So um, we kind of like our tagline for the podcast is womanhood, uh, womanhood leadership and more. Um, so we definitely focus on obviously the first two things, but um, kind of round it out because I feel it's so hard um, to not take a holistic view on a lot of those subjects. Um, that's why we like kind of keep it a bit open ended. Um, but uh, some other things that we like some topics that we talked about like we looked at Kim Kardashian's career as a whole which that one's like kind of fun more pop culture but is also super interesting because she has built up multiple multi-million I think even a billion dollar business now um so like to analyze her career and how that's worked because there's not many female um business billionaire like uh, yeah billionaires (laughs) um and so um we also talk about things like how to have boundaries at work and like what's healthy and what's normal um Jacqueline and I both quit our first like adult jobs after college um and got new ones and just that process alone we was like so empowering and eye-opening for us both and um I think it's really important to have outside perspectives on like what's normal at work because you can get so sucked in especially if probably you can both probably relate to like really wanting to do your best at your first job and like just Oof, perform yeah. well and commit it's home yeah and sometimes like we get our heads down and we're working and then you realize like wait is this still aligned with who I am is this company aligned and like supportive of me as a person and you know unfortunately a lot of times the answer is no and how can we protect ourselves um but also still like feel like we're contributing in a purposeful way so beautiful Um, (laughs) I think to Taylor saying it it is like womanhood leadership 
but there's also a really fun like pop culture aspect to our podcast. I think it's an opportunity for Taylor and I to connect as like long distance friends too. Taylor lives in Northern California and I'm based out of the Phoenix metro area. So to kind of have an, a creative outlet with like a woman who you like and respect and can talk about things. We've talked about, you know, Taylor said Kim Kardashian. We've also talked about some of the um, toxic traits of, you know, quote unquote, girl boss culture. We've talked about how to be a more active member of your community. Um, we are recently, uh, we recently just recorded an episode that's coming out. Um, that's kind of like, pop culture, tech, and leadership all together. It's the fact that the founder of Bumble is the youngest self-made billionaire, period. And she's a 31-year-old woman, sorority woman, actually. Mm -hmm. um, and so kind of all those things tie together and they don't have to be siloed. I think we have a focus, but we're down to take the convo anyway. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I love that. That's definitely something that I try to hold true to when I send out my, like, overview or questions before an episode I don't know if you saw this at the end of um that guide but I say like this is just a guide like I want the conversation to go wherever like sometimes I have a title in mind for the episode beforehand and sometimes I don't sometimes I just want to hear um that woman's story hear her experience and I think it's so much more authentic that way and I cannot stress how much I love that you all use this as like a connection point. Like, Hey, let's stay connected and let the world in on those conversations <laughs> too. Right. Like, I think that's so sweet and I don't know, super special because long distance friendship pre pandemic was difficult. Right. And then we all had to navigate what relationships look like at a distance in a lot of different ways this past year. And so that topic or that, I don't know, is going, that topic is gonna be so much more relatable than it ever was before. And so you have so much expertise to give in that area. Um, you both kind of briefly brought this up, but I would love to hear what for you individually was the hardest lesson or reality check you had in like adulting or just like in general life after college that you really want to support your listeners through or just like something that you have learned a lot about yourself through yeah I definitely Jacqueline and I have talked about this a lot before because I think the transition from college to the real world is so stark and one of the, like the most significant transitions in like American life because you've been you know college is an extension of your education and going to school essentially and even though it's different than high school it's still you have teachers that are or professors that are there supporting you counselors that are advocating for you um, and then you enter the real world and all those resources kind of drop off and you don't have those people guiding you and advocating for you anymore. And I think what was really difficult for me is, um, you know, with college, your, your goal is to graduate and get your degree and you want to do that, you know, maybe in four years and you're working towards something that entire time. And once you enter, you know, you may want to get a promotion eventually in life, but you kind of have to, I mean, I went through so many periods of like questioning my decision with my career after entering it, if this was the right thing for me. And, 
you know, there's no one to turn to, like you are advocating Mm. for yourself at that point. Um, And I think that was probably one of the most challenging things for me to realize and to step up for myself because I mean, I'm 20, I'll be 28 this year. And there's times where I'm like, am I an adult yet? Like (laughs) it doesn't, it's not like a flip of a switch and automatically you're an adult. Like you kind of, you just, another year goes by and you're getting older. And like, I feel, you know, so much different from when I was 22, but also the same kind of, and, (laughs) you know, especially being a younger woman in my career field, like, I feel like it's hard for some people to take me seriously too at times. And so that's a hard thing. It's like, I want to, you know, I had to learn how to advocate for myself, find my voice and be professional while still knowing that like, maybe I don't know everything, but also maybe I know a lot more than I think I do. (laughs) I think that's so relatable and something that I struggled with so much right after I graduated was I feel like I was getting hired into specific roles because I was extremely relatable to the audience I was working with, or I had a very specific role to play with the maybe even like more relevant education that you had compared to other people in your field. But then there seems to be, if it's internalized or actually told to us that we don't have enough experience, we don't know what we're talking about because we haven't been in the field as long as people more senior than us in a company. And it's like, wait, you can't have it both ways. Like either celebrate Mm -hmm. my experience and what I bring to the table or don't hire me if I'm not experienced enough. Like they want to underpay you, but position you as the perfect person. It's like, wait, what is happening? And that advocacy piece, I'm so glad that you highlighted that. Um, especially for any recent grads who hopefully are listening to this episode because, and hopefully they will head over to your podcast to Mm -hmm. learn more about that. But I think that is something that I wish we spent more time talking about in college curriculum. Yeah, I, totally. I I totally agree. And I think advocating for yourself is a part of like your quote unquote adulting experience and also knowing when to like give yourself a break. I think that was maybe like my hardest lesson or my biggest reality check was knowing like one, there are days when I'm doing the best that I can and that's enough. And also two, knowing that I can't compare where other people are at and where I'm at because Taylor and I have talked about this on on our podcast and several times in life. Um, But in college for me was really the wake up of realizing that there's a wide variety of people here. There are people here who are working 40 hour work weeks and living at home and going to school. There are people who are, you know, the all that all dive in I don't know what I was gonna say they're head first into like dorm life or Greek life or their sport or their academics you know there are people who went to the honors college and they're gonna graduate top in their class and then there are people who are just trying to make it by and I think for me personally there were moments when I was just like trying to get by um and that I cannot and should not have been comparing where I was at Mm senior year just after graduating a year after graduating to where other people were at 
it's so hard to stay in your own lane though, right? Mm-hmm. Because kind of like Taylor was talking about, there's all these landmarks growing up through college graduation mm-hmm. of where we should be. If that's like, I don't know how fast we learn the alphabet in kindergarten yeah. or uh, if we graduate with however many scholarships from high school going to college, right? There's all of these, I don't know, like hierarchies put in place of how Mm -hmm. good you are at something or how capable you are at something when there are so many other skill sets and experiences that we don't assess, that we don't like judge or base ourselves against one another on that might be as important or if not more important those soft skills interpersonal relationships um but it's so much easier to focus on that which we can compare and gauge and level up when I think women are so much more prone to that in some more superficial areas that Mm -hmm. is so toxic to those interpersonal relationships to our ability to work well with others and I really appreciate you bringing that up because sometimes it's not about being graduating top of your class sometimes it's graduating with a degree that puts you in a place to go where you want to go that it doesn't matter if you were summa cum laude you know absolutely absolutely and I think too checking in with yourself of you know what you really care about are you interested in x y or z career career field truly or are you just interested in the lifestyle that people post about on social media or what you see someone's like really impressive linkedin update um, it is easy to just get kind of like caught up in it, especially when you're only seeing it um, through social media and through what someone chooses to share online. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And I think that is a huge part of my story, um, wanting to go to law school because it liked checked boxes. People weren't going to ask questions when I told them I wanted to go work in international or immigration law while I was actually doing the things I was passionate about. Right. I kept Mm. pushing it off. Like, yeah, I'm going to retake the LSAT after my consultant. Well, I got another job in the sorority space. I'm going to push that off even farther. Actually, I'm going to start my own sorority business. So I'm going to start, stop pretending like this is something I'm just going to do and actually start having hard conversations with people I love about what I'm actually passionate about and where I actually see my career going and give myself the grace that that can change and evolve. Because for so long, I just wanted to have a simple answer. I wanted it to be clear to people. And that reflection, I think it's also part of adulting, right? Is getting real with yourself as hopefully before you hit graduation, why am I studying this? Why do I care about this? Do I actually have a heart for it? Or am I trying to level up with someone else's expectations for me? Yeah, I, I can so really... Great. Yeah, I relate to that a lot because there was a point like halfway through college where I really wanted to change my major, but it was definitely like I could afford to go to college for four years and four years only. And at that point, it was too late to kind of reroute. And um, it was something I like definitely repressed and like just didn't think about for a while because I just like wanted to power through and get it done and, you know, reach that goal and that milestone. And it's been hard to enter that field and then now start questioning and feeling like, um, I mean, basically college feels like the culmination of your whole education, which is from five years old to, you know, 21, 22. And you're like, this, this is what I've been working towards for these past like two decades. 
And then to get there and be like, oh, this wasn't actually what I wanted um, is a hard thing to feel like, you know, maybe you're letting others down in your life that love you or letting yourself down. Um, But like starting over is sounds daunting, but is such a good growth experience for yourself Mm -hmm. and like getting to you just get to you can probably relate you just get to know yourself so much better and giving yourself the room to go and figure those things out and have it be okay um Mm -hmm. like one I have like one mantra I don't know if you want to call it a mantra that I like try to ground myself in all the time maybe something you meditate on (laughs) yeah three for three yeah um but is that like the most interesting people that you talk to in life have changed careers have not been at the same company for 30 years and you know they've they've changed things up and in 30 years from now I want to be able to say you know have thousands of stories rather than um I made it here on my pension and I'm ready to retire to the suburbs (laughs) Totally. And I think a lot of that's associated with like getting comfortable being uncomfortable, taking Mm. risks based on where you're supposed to go, where you feel your gut telling you to go, not reacting based on feelings, but really like having the discernment to say, this isn't working anymore. And I want more for my life or someone else's life than this. I feel called to something different. It doesn't even have to be greater. I don't think it needs Mm -hmm. to like, you don't need to do something better than you did before. You need to be better for you. Mm -hmm. And I, all those people that are so interesting had like probably thousands of like, oh shoot moments. Like, what did I just do? Like there's vulnerability and fear associated with living out our calling and like taking the next best step for us. Um, and I want to be the same way. I'm so glad you brought that up. I haven't actually heard that before, but I, it's so true, right? Like, I don't even care about being interesting. I just care about like living my life in a way that like empowers other people to like live their, live their life in the best way for them too. Yeah. And definitely. it's funny with this, like as a person outside looking in, not to use you as an example on your own podcast, Cassie, but I mean, I remember when your answer to like, what am I going to do is like grad school. I remember when that was your go-to answer, but now I see you here in, um, her sorority journey. I see the things that you're doing. And even as like an outside person, I'm like, this suits her. This is Mm. Cassie. I'm like, so excited to see like, I feel having worked with you, having, you know, been on exec, having been in a, in an organization with you truly in, um, we weren't coworkers, but we were like somewhere in the middle. Um, sisters, you could sisters, say, sisters, you could say, uh, but, um, it is cool when you can see people now. I think that's one of the really exciting things post-grad is when you kind of see people navigate in ways that you're like, yes, that's mm-hmm. a good one. That's them Mm. being true. That's them being bold. I'm so excited to see your growth. I'm so excited you took that move. I love, you know, whatever you're doing. And I'm really fortunate enough that there's like a lot of women that I'm surrounded with who I I see that. I'm like, yes, that's it. And Mm. it empowers me too. Yeah, I totally feel the same way, Kat. Like looking at you and what you're doing, it's 
like it feels like the like you glow like when you're doing this and we can feel it and like that is the number one inspiring thing for like totally in life it, especially seeing someone I know just step into their own and mm. like do something so amazing and like it it just it gets me so jazzed to do anything like that or come anything close and yeah it's awesome <laughs> No, oh, it's smoking hot in my room, but I have chills. Yeah, that is like, that is so sweet. I did not invite you all onto the podcast <laughs> to help me or to, to validate my alignment with professionally, but it means a lot, especially, it means a lot, especially from people who didn't see all the pieces in between, mm. like some of like my really close friends or my family who like saw the really messy pieces are like, yep, that's exactly what you need to be. Or this is better than where you were, you know, or I don't know. I think about like telling my uncle that I felt like I failed my family and friends by the score I got in the LSAT. I just felt like I'd like let everyone down to now be like, so aligned with where I'm supposed to be and realizing it never was about anyone else anyways you know mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. all those people like what they have to say means a lot to me but it's super sweet to connect with people who like knew me in college and they're like yep like she's where she's supposed to be now or even in high school you know to not have to see all the pieces to like see the alignment or like the glow like you said like I honestly mm -hmm. feel like I'm glowing like running her sorority <laughs> journey like that's how good it feels and that's honestly like the vibe I get from both of you working on Honey and Heart in addition to your full-time gigs like I think it's so important like we were just talking about that not only we live our best lives for ourselves but we live our lives in such a way that inspires other people to do what suits them best and to take the time to reflect on what they need and where they're at so they can also glow and they mm -hmm. want to find that too you know that's honestly a huge motivation for the work that I do because I know that I wasn't always glowing as a Sigma Kappa my four collegiate years at Arizona State right there was years mm -hmm. that I was like this is not going right but I had too much pride or too much I don't know, pressure to reroute or to change what I needed. So I'm like, if there's anything mm -hmm. I can do to help women who were in that boat reroute sooner or realign while they're in that discomfort so they can glow and don't have to wait so long, mm -hmm. that would be the dream. Yeah, totally. It's like what you were saying earlier with having like the discernment of what's right for you. It's really hard when you're growing up with so many voices in your head and feeling obligated to please so many people to really then filter through your thoughts and find what's for you. Um, but I feel like that's something that definitely comes with time. And I think you can probably relate, like it feels different when you have that alignment. Like you just feel like you're pouring from an endless glass you know it just feels like it could keep coming out of you yeah and you feel good about it like you don't feel drained after doing it right because it pours back into you or because mm -hmm. people in that network or in that community are pouring back into you like it's not like this mysterious like endless well of water mm -hmm. right it like it's it's recycling through and I I do feel that way I just brought on seven interns this past week and the life they are pouring into the company helps me pour into them you know mm -hmm. it's 
It, that's such a good analogy. I love that. So as we wrap up, uh, obviously you all are really like experts in catering toward our alumni listeners or our women who are like thinking about their alumni journey. Maybe they just graduated. Congrats to our 2021 grads. What is one piece of advice you would have for women who are transitioning into their alumni journey or who are just fairly new? I still consider myself fairly new in my alumni journey, right? Because it's going to go on for a while. So what advice do you have for women listening who are in that season of life? Um, I would say I feel okay with taking time for yourself and filling your own cup first, right? Like if you do not feel whole and centered, what whatever you're going to go do out in the world is going to knock you out of balance so quick and you're not going to feel great about that at all. And it's really important to just, you know, first focus on yourself and get that into alignment. And if that takes time for you, um, that, you know, sometimes the time that it takes to get there is because you're meant to absorb so much more before you get there. And um, it, it'll just come, you know, things happen at the right time. So mm, love that. I feel like that was the pep talk I needed. Thanks. Sarah. <laughs> Um, I'm going to steal something that Taylor mentioned the other week, but, um, it really sent off lights in my head. And I feel like post-grad alumni, me would really benefit from this little tidbit. So when we're in college, everything is based around college. Like, you know, I worked in school, my work schedule was based around my classes. My extracurriculars were based around my classes but when you get to post-grad life, the only real structure you have is when you have to be at work. But that does not mean that your whole life should be centered around your nine to five full-time gig. I think it's really important to try and fill your cup in other ways. What are you doing for yourself spiritually, emotionally? How are you getting like physically active and moving your body? And I think that that's something we can like all continue to work on. I'm just beginning it, but just because other people who work around you are like, I love working like crazy. I never sleep. I drink six cups of coffee a day. This is my life. Doesn't mean that that needs to be your life. And if it sounds intimidating, it is. So <laughs> take it with a grain of salt. Mm, both those things are so good. I, I think both those things are wish things that I even wish I knew when I was in college. Like I'm even going to go out in there and say, Jacqueline, like, I hope our women listening know that there's like more to their life right now than like acing their classes or, um, attending every sorority chapter meeting, right? There is so much more and so much more value in investing in yourself during this time. Um, because, your employer isn't going to continue to show up for you the way that you will have to for the rest of your life. Right. Mm -hmm. Or that, I don't know, communications 300 class, whatever is not going to continue to be there for you the way you're going to need yourself. Um, 
And so thank you so much for leaving our listeners with some things to think about and hopefully um, implement in this really transitional season. It's a transitional season for everybody. That summertime, um, taking a break from classes, maybe transitioning into like a different kind of work or like flying the collegiate coop forever. So thank you both so much for sharing your stories and your honey and heart platform. Um, this was really fun for me. Yeah, us too. Thank you for having this on. <laughs> I've had so much fun. Cassie, thank you so much. Um, always a pleasure to chat with you and I'm excited to see where you take these things. I know from experience how isolating your first couple years out of college can be. Leaving the close-knit community that I had in Sigma Kappa, both at Arizona State University and as a leadership consultant, going off to work for another company and then start my own business, I felt stranded. I felt like I had just lost the sisterhood and network that I had relied so heavily on. Wherever you are, whatever job you hold, wherever you're physically located in the country, I want you to hear today that you're not alone. Just because your collegiate membership has ended does not mean your access to sisterhood, networking, and support concludes. I want to challenge you, if you are feeling alone or struggling through a season of life, whether that's acclimating back to the workplace or trying to figure out your new normal post-pandemic, I want you to know that there are women out there that want to support you. Maybe sisters that you haven't heard from in a while that are going through the same thing. Just sending a quick text to reconnect with them can make a world of a difference. Or finding an alumni chapter in the city that you currently reside, trying to start up the younger group of women there, or just connecting with other women like Taylor, Jacqueline, and myself who are on a mission to connect and network with other young professional women who are trying to grow through this really challenging season of our lives after college. As always, sister, know that we are here for you to support you in whatever season you're in of your sorority journey, including those that happen after college. Thanks for tuning in to the Your Sorority Journey podcast this week. If this episode left you with any guidance or confidence to navigate your sorority membership, we would love to hear from you. Share a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram story and tag Her Sorority Journey so we can know what resonated with you. Also, be sure to leave a review wherever you listen so more sister friends can find this guidance just like you. Here for you always, sister. 